This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. The final part. We're here. Well, actually, secretly, there's going to be an extra part, but shh, we don't we don't talk about that not yet, at least. My name is Alex. I use Daisy pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a wonderful however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about aerospec identities in the media, aromatic spectrum stuff and betrayals and also tropes, um, which are sort of harmful tropes that are generalized to real life as well. So if you think that might be uncomfortable for you to hear about, feel free to skip this episode. So I'll start off with some more general stuff and then we'll go into more specific tropes within media and how it's used um, and how there isn't much like actual canon arrow representation and when it is portrayed as such it's generally not not the best but it, it's so fine we live our best life you know <laughs> so let us begin so unfortunately a lot of the time that characters in film tv media in general are portrayed as aromantic, not experiencing romantic attraction or experiencing very little or only under certain conditions. A lot of the time, these are villains. Um, <laughs> yay! Because a lot of the time, romantic attraction is seen as this all-knowing, all-good, all-powerful force. And a lot of the times, it's considered a humanizing element of things, which will definitely, definitely be touched on through throughout um, this episode. So it's, you know, it's considered a natural part of society. So if you don't feel that, then there must be something seriously wrong with you because everyone should and should want to feel it. Of course, right? Absolutely. Some of these ideas are drawing on at Arrowfay on Instagram. Um, I'll talk more about that later in the creative spotlight. So romantic love is considered humanizing. So then someone who doesn't have that is considered lost like they have no humanity left Um, because sometimes villains are portrayed as not loving anyone except they still have the capacity for it Um, and so if they do fall in romantic love with someone then they must still have some good in them Um, they still have some heart you know and to make the villains even more worse and maniacal and terrible people, they are shown as not being able to romantically love. Which, like, feel like should be self-explanatory, but that's really harmful for Arrow people because, you know, we don't see ourselves represented most places in media. So if we see ourselves in villains, people who don't love, um, which, like, obviously discounts all the other types of love... Then we're like, oh, there's something bad and wrong about us too. We must be evil too because of that. Which sometimes is the case for queer people in general. We do see, you know, queer coding and villains. So then traits associated with queerness um, are associated with evil, um, which is a whole 
a whole thing. I did an entire media essay, two thousand words about it. Um, <laughs> it's oh, it, there's so many things like that. It's so good and fun. That that's sarcastic. That is sarcastic. And so, as um, Arafay on Instagram points out, a lot of the time, this trope of villains being Arrow, um, and also a spec. A lot of the time, it's both, or we'll talk about the ones where it's just Arrow and not Ace a bit later. It is it is often used in black and white morality stories, um, where there's not much gray area. So it is used in a lot of children's fiction, where it's it's supposed to be like clear who the villain is. Like this person is the villain, obviously. You know, like they they want to betray it, and often these things, this being arrow is combined with like inhuman characteristics like being physically deformed or having uncommon features or inhuman features as in like bestial not human things like bird parts or you know think like Isma from Emperor's New Groove like that kind of vibe so they are physically deformed and this also equates not having the romantic love so it's dehumanizes so much that it's physically dehumanized as well. So it's 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 so disruptive to their being that it physically deforms them or they are physically deformed because they don't feel romantic love, which is horrible. A horrible message for young arrow for any arrow to see, you know? But like especially young arrows because it's oftentimes in kids' media. This is so good. We love it. <laughs> and Arafay points out that this might be related to Christian ideologies. So where God equals love, um, and then love equals good. So therefore, God, because God is good and God is love, then love is good. And not love must be bad and evil and wrong and sinful. So we love Christianization and colonization in our societies, screwing things up for queer people yet again. <laughs> and so oftentimes too, um, in stories, romantic love and being able to romantically love is seen as a redeeming thing. So, you know, think Snape from Harry Potter, like he did lots of abuse on children and is like Neville's literal worst fear. And as a teacher, Terrible. I have a lot of Snape hatred. Um, but, like, because he has romantic love for Lily, that scene is the biggest redeeming thing for him because he has this nothing else he did was... It matters as much. So, like, he is able to be redeemed because he has romantic love for this person. There's a whole a whole conversation to be had about, like, his character and stuff. But we're not going to do that. Um, we don't support J.K. Rowling, obviously. Turf. But then those who don't have that are seen as irredeemable so if you have an antagonist or villain that can experience romantic love then they can be redeemed because they're doing stuff for love so obviously that means they're a good person right but then if someone doesn't do stuff for love if they can't do stuff for love then they're just a horrible person and they can't be redeemed because they don't have that good secret quality about them really harmful for arrow people <laughs> Also, like, doing things for love doesn't make the things less evil. Impact over intent, my guy, especially for, like, really bad things. 
Also, another thing that um, Arafay touched on, and um, just a little bit of a trigger warning here for attempted sexual advances, unwanted. A lot of the times, um, villains in things, even in children's media, they there may be sexualized relationships between the hero and the villain. So the villain may lust after the usually female main character, where, where the main main character is a dude, and there's a female love interest of the hero which so the two hero relationship there is seen as much more romantic which thus means it's really good um so it's it must be good because it's just focused on the romance whereas sometimes there are villains who make sexual advances on these usually female heroes and it doesn't have that typical romantic component so it is painted as bad um so this just paints sexual stuff is bad completely um and this is obviously not saying like do unwanted sexual things obviously not but it is equating sex without romance as wholly bad and predatory whereas like for arrows hello arrows specifically this like villainizes them because they are associated with villainy they don't experience romantic attraction but they experience sexual attraction and then the only representation they see of that is like these really awful predatory villains which just makes them think that they are predatory and this is a whole whole thing and it's also related to sex negativity um within christian ideologies again um but just society in general yeah, it's not a good time we do have some more uh wholesome ones coming up though so there's that to look forward to so moving on to another one um there is sometimes um in media there's the frigid b-word <laughs> trope um where the whole plot of the movie is about teaching someone to love um usually an uptight career-driven woman um which is like kind of a sexist trope as well like saying you need to have a partner to be considered worthy um really bad in general really bad for arrow people um and usually the whole plot is around teaching them how to do that and you know like sometimes it is like yeah like work-life balance and stuff but like it can be really sexist um and if they're not interested in it they're not interested in it so could we just cut it out you know and so continuing on with the dehumanization thread um a lot of portrayals of a romantic people or people on the arrow spec aren't human people um so either they might be an alien or robotic or an other non-human character and a lot of the time those stories revolve around teaching them how to love because it's the thing that will make them human especially if it's like ai and stuff because you know it, it proves their humanity so they must do this which is so annoying <laughs> and so you know sometimes we see things like an alien uptight character take odo from star trek deep space nine who like is a good character and he is pushed around a bit for and made fun of because of it but you know he stays true to himself i haven't seen all of deep space nine um but from what i've seen so far he stays true to himself he's our ace and he is an alien shapeshifter. Um, and his whole character is just focused around keeping things orderly. He's the security chief, uh, I think. Um, and he is trying to find out about himself because he wants to find other people like him. It's a very, like, queer narrative. A lot of, a lot of Deep Space Nine um, 
is a vibe. I It's a good show. Watch it. Um, <laughs> but so uh, with him, it's like, you know, pretty decent representation there. Um, he is portrayed as non-human, um, but this isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. It's it portrays him in a good light. He's a protagonist. He's seen as one of the good ones. He's a bit, like, comically uptight, and he has this whole, like back and forth like relationship with one of the other characters who's like a little gambling den owner and like swindler and stuff but like he's actually decent representation from what I can see I don't know that that it's canon but um it's canon in my heart (laughs) as SL Dove Cooper puts in her essay about asexual and aromantic tropes in fiction something I'll link in a doc that I need to make with all of the links that I've mentioned (laughs) and compiled um but she mentions um that there are usually um I think she mentions four but I'll just mention three of them um three different ways that our ace people are exiled from society they are seen as different to society and not fitting in in whatever way um, and oftentimes they have an allo saviour um, to save them from this isolation and this horrible fate. Um, and this is sometimes where the um, being taught to love thing comes in. Um, so we have the robotic one and the alien one. So that's in science fiction and fantasy and science fiction, um, respectively. S.L. Dove Cooper mentions um, that the alien one is generally treated it's generally treated sympathetically and their motivations and stuff are focused on, but sometimes the robotic one can be treated badly, um, treated as not really human, um, that they don't feel anything, they don't quite count as an entity or conscious, um, because the one remaining factor that could make them like a human is romantic love, as we've seen in so much of the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Um, and a lot of time in realistic fiction, there is just the socially isolated one who needs to be brought out of their shell by an allo saviour. We're fine. <laughs> we need community. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be lonely when you feel like all your friends are leaving because they have romantic relationships and they prioritise that over their friendships, um, which, like... Maybe get better friends if your friends are also doing that. Um, But it can be a common experience for Arrow people and it can be really isolating in some ways. And another common trope, um, which is kind of frustrating, um, but also a bit here and there, um, is that being Arrow or Ace in a lot of cases, because a lot of the time it's conflated in media. I love it. It's great. Not the same. A romantic is not experiencing romantic attraction or little to none. Asexual is not experiencing sexual attraction or little to none. They're different things. The split attraction model exists. Look it up on Avon. Do some research. <laughs> they're different things. Um, please, like any media producer, just they're different. They don't always go hand in hand. They can, and a lot of times they do but they don't have to, and there's a lot of people who they don't go hand in hand. So, yeah, anyway, that's my little spiel. <laughs> um, but a lot of the time, um, Arrow or Ace people in media are shown to be like that because of physical or mental illness, which is a bit tricky because for some people it is like that. There are some people who are trauma aces or trauma arrows who 
don't experience romantic or sexual attraction because of trauma, which is completely valid. They are still welcome in the community. But, like, that isn't the only reason that people are Arrow or Ace. And it's just seen as, like, a big thing, other than when they're villains. (sighs) So, like, maybe have some variation, you know? It would be great to have some variation. Something that can be quite frustrating is when asexual people are represented, which is great, we want more of that, good stuff, um, but sometimes when ace people are represented, they talk about it and they say, I don't want sex, but I can still love romantically, which is seen to humanize them within the story, which is like harmful to arrow people because it, again, equates romantic love with humanity and also like suggests that because you don't experience sexual attraction you're inhuman which like is also dehumanizing to ace people like can we get some good representation please but yeah no a lot of media focuses on like the whole it's a phase thing so if there's a character who at the start of the movie doesn't want romance so much so much media is focused around romance that if there's a character that doesn't want it they're demonized and they need to change by the end it's just a phase that like you need to find the right one to overcome and a lot of the time that is the conclusion of these movies and like i just want to see some movies where they're like yo platonic friendships or even queer platonic relationships or just you know not needing romance because It's not everything, you know? Ah. And yeah, like, sometimes where trauma happens and you become Ace or Arrow because of that, it's shown as being scared rather than not feeling the attraction, which can be the case. But like, can we just get it right? You know? (laughs) But yeah, basically lots of tropes are linked um, to do with Arrow stuff, are linked to sex negativity and demonizing people for liking casual sex without romantic connection or attachment, um, probably because of like Christian ideologies um, in society. Um, and it also, a lot of the time, is, you know, accusing Arrow people for leading allo people on when it's like we did nothing we're just living our best life and don't experience romantic attraction like uh, uh can you tell i'm pressed it's fine um <laughs> however one thing i do want to sort of talk about right at the end is that you know in more kids media nowadays we're seeing more stuff um you know it generally is like a sort of feministy trope don't need a man um but a lot of kids media um especially media stereotypically for girls little girls um focuses on friendship and friendship bonds and stuff like that and you know personal journeys not related to romance so you know an adventure or a quest or stuff like that and doesn't necessarily have a romantic subplot a lot of a lot of it still does have that, um, but two examples here we have. Look, okay, don't don't at me. We have Elsa. <laughs> look, I know I've done an episode on her before, but hear me out. Um, she's 
focus on her own thing. Like she doesn't. She's focused on her own internal journey the whole time. Doesn't express romantic interest. Like maybe really good friendship or like queer platonic stuff for Honey Marin, but we would like that wasn't confirmed in text. Um, but also, if you choose to see that as a gay relationship, absolutely welcome to. With just Elsa's queer in general. However, through an arrow lens, like really good, not focused on romantic stuff at all. Just about finding herself, her people, and finding. All about herself. Look, I will talk about Elsa literally forever. Um, so I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> but I love her and her character. Um, and you can't tell me what to do. This is my radio show. But also, as mentioned in the opening of last week's episode, the um, Aromantic Adventures one, we also have Merida, um, who, like, I mean, first of all, bow and arrow, like, obviously arrow, <laughs> um, but, like, her whole thing is, like, she doesn't do anything for a man, and she, you know, doesn't do anything for a woman either, or any one of any other gender, um, and, like, she's just all about her own journey, and her journey with her mother, so the familial relationship is the most important one there, and so I really like films like that, where it focuses on, you know, other types of relationships, like, Elsa's was with her sister as well, um, so basically, ones where romance isn't the main point. Like, yeah, Frozen 2, there's romantic subplots. But it's not the main thing. It's not the whole point. And the lead doesn't express romantic interest. They're just doing their own thing. And that's seen as completely fine within the movie. It's not seen as dehumanizing. They just focus on their own stuff. And that's okay. Which is really important for young arrows, arrows of any age, to witness. It's so important to have this representation. Like, okay, we've talked about this before. Representation, important. Wow. But it's still important, you know? Like, it's so nice watching stuff and being able to see yourself in it. Like, there's so many other arrow characters as well. Arrow headcanon characters we don't have very mini canon ones, um, but we have a few, and a lot of them tend to be in kids' media, because, you know, it's, I don't know, sometimes romance is seen as, like, an older person thing, and sometimes it's also equated with, like, sex, so it's for older people media. By older people, I just mean not kids. But also, the equating of romance and sex is not helpful as well, so, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, and also, like, um, and the Graham account at arrow underscore dity, so D-I-T-E, so like Aphrodite, but it's Aphrodite. I think that's really funny um, and really cool. Um, <laughs> but um, she has a lot of um, Arrowhead cannons uh, in highlight on her page as well, um, and so you can go looking there for more Arrowhead cannons. There's a bunch of accounts on Instagram that have so many. Um, so you should just, like, search them up. Just search up, like, Aromantic or Arrow, and you'll you'll find a bunch of people. But for this week's Creator Spotlight, I want to spotlight Arrow Faye. So I, I, I really love her content. Like, she doesn't have that much, um, but, like, has some really interesting dissections of tropes and stuff. And, you know, obviously the stuff that I mentioned in this week's episode... Um, and just some, 
some really lovely content and talking about media representation and and, and tropes and stuff, which, you know, we know that I'm always going to love. We... We know that I'm always going to love that. So obviously it's basically like a video essay, but like Instagram. So obviously I'm going to like her. Um, so, yep, that is at arrow underscore Faye, F-A-E. So you should go check her out because she's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Stride with Pride and learned a bit more about how we're represented in the media, um, not well, usually. But, you know, we are seeing some improvement. Um, we have Odo. Um, he's cool. Um, and, you know, we have some kids' shows. <laughs> um, I want some more. Some good stuff, you know? Like, not problematic tropes. Pretty please, can we see, like, good ones? Like Loveless, for example. You know, check... Check out <laughs> Loveless by Alice Oseman. Um, look, Elliot was right. It's a good book. <laughs> it's validating. Um, so check that out. Um, also, like, I'm kind of sad because I thought I thought Jedzia Dex was going to be Arrow Ace Rip and I really saw it as myself. I was, like, projecting real hard onto her, but apparently she does have a love interest later on, which is... Still good because apparently it's queer, which I will, I will, I will, I will be happy with. However, I was projecting really hard onto her for her being Arrow and like sort of vaguely like me. Um, so I was quite sad about that. I had to go through the stages of grief, but you know, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> um, also, Dax is trans, like that's how it works, literally for their entire species. Um, <laughs> Basically, what I want to see is just more stories with emphasis on non-romantic forms of love. So I love me some found family stuff. That's mm, good, good stuff. But like, you know, focus on familial love, platonic love, like queer platonic love. We don't see that like ever. Like, I mean, we definitely hate canon a lot of things. There's a lot of head canon Arrow characters, but there's not really any like characters where they say this in the 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 story you know like canon characters um um and ones where it's not the villain like I just want more characters shown as good who don't experience romantic love and like I'm not saying that romantic love is bad or that stories that focus on it and the power of love with it are bad but like love is so expensive so like you know do story, like, love saves the day stories, but different forms of love. Like, you know, Frozen did that. Like, get some of that going on. So, yeah, I just want some stories of people who are like me. I think that would be neat. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but that is all for this week's episode of Stride with Pride. I hope you have enjoyed, um, and I hope you have a wonderful day, afternoon, or evening whenever you are listening to this. Remember, you are so loved and valued, and I hope you drink some water today. Have you? If you haven't, go drink some water. Please. Please. Please drink some water. Please drink some water. You know exactly who I'm talking to. Drink water. Please. You know who you are. Do it. Okay, anyway, you are so loved and a wonderful, wonderful person. I hope you have a good time 
in your life. And I'll talk to you next time. Don't forget to spread your joy. See ya. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.